Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. The fourth best-selling individual book of all time is The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. The story gives the account of a short, hairy fellow named Bilbo, who is a human-like creature called a hobbit, and he travels with a band of dwarves to face the evils of a dragon named Smog. And after their struggle with Smog, Bilbo travels back to his homeland, which is called the Shire. The original name for the book was not The Hobbit, it was actually There and Back Again. And I've always thought Tolkien was keen to relate this title to his story. His Roman Catholic and Christian worldview is not surprising that he would choose this title. It would also be a fitting name for the Bible, there and back again. And that is our theme as we take another look at the book of Revelation. This is our second of three weeks in the Revelation of John as our lectionary takes us through the last two chapters of the Bible. In our second reading today, we heard more from St. John about his vision from God. And it once again is full of imagery and symbolism and mystery. This type of literature, this genre called apocalyptic, is full of symbolism. And the source of the symbolism is found in Genesis. It is steeped in Hebrew imagery. And when we start to look, to take a look at what happened in Genesis, we begin to see what is happening in Revelation. The last two chapters of Revelation correspond with the first three chapters of Genesis. So in our reading from Revelation, we heard these words, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. In the beginning of Genesis, we do not read about a temple either. The tabernacle did not come until Moses' time. The temple was not built until the time of Solomon. Those things came after the fall of man, after Eden. In early Hebrew thinking and in Hebrew poetry, the whole earth is the throne room of God. one, the prophet Isaiah wrote, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Now in Revelation, we read about a river. St. John writes, The angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. In Genesis, a river flows as well. In Genesis chapter 2, a river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. Also in our reading from Revelation, we heard about a tree. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And in Genesis, we hear about a tree. Genesis chapter 2, The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. And in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life shows up in both in Genesis and in Revelation. And finally, in Genesis, after the fall of man, in Genesis, it says in chapter 3, And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, 
knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. And after he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. When humanity sinned, they were cast out of Eden, away from the presence of God. They were not allowed to visit the gate of sorts or flaming sword guarded the way. The tree of life was forbidden. In other words, eternal life was removed. Contrast this with what we heard from our reading in Revelation, where St. John wrote, By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. In Revelation, the gate has been opened. All who have, who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, on the sacrifice of the Lamb, they are able to enter once again into the garden. And all of this imagery is pointing toward the new heaven and the new earth, the restoration of all things, no temple, rivers of life, the tree of life, eternal life. God is reversing the curse. God is making things the way they were supposed to be. God is making all things new. As J.R.R. Tolkien would say, there and back again. Back to Eden. Back to the garden of God. It is the narrative of grace God created the universe, and we came along and messed it up with our sin, also known as doing things our own way. Some of us still struggle with that, right? And right after the fall of man in Genesis chapter 3, God said, someone's coming to fix this. Someone's coming to take care of this. And God raised up a person, his name was Abraham, a person who is to be a blessing to the nations. And this person turned into a family, and the family turned into a nation, and the nation ushered in the Messiah who conquered death and hell, who made a way for redemption, and who opened the door for all people to become the people of God, the people of God who expanded to include the Gentiles. And we await the coming of Christ for when he will make all things new. And this is the big picture. This is the grand narrative. It is a narrative of grace, the greatest story ever told. And once again, we can turn to Tolkien, who wasn't able to hold back his own conviction of this narrative, of this story. The Oxford professor wrote an essay entitled On Fairy Stories. And in it, he talks about writing stories, good stories, and what draws people to the stories, what makes them good, and so forth. And in the essay, he invents a literary term called eucatastrophe, eucatastrophe, which means a sudden and favorable resolution of events in a story, a happy ending, if you will. Good stories have this important element. 
Anyways, at the end of the essay, he says this. The Gospels contain a fairy story or a story of a larger kind which embraces all the essence of a fairy story. They contain many marvels, artistic, beautiful, and moving. And among the marvels is the greatest and most complete conceivable eucatastrophe. There is no tale ever told that men would rather find was true and none which so many skeptical men have accepted as true on its own merits. To reject it leads either to sadness or to wrath. This story, God's story, is supreme and it is true, says the author of The Lord of the Rings. There is no greater story written. There is no greater narrative. Every good story reflects the good story of God, the narrative of God's grace. Our own narrative falls within the story of God, the creator of the universe. And it is a narrative of grace because it is not one that we deserve. Nobody deserves grace. Grace is a gift. And we can't earn it. We can't buy it. We can only receive it. Grace is the eucatastrophe. God's bountiful blessings and riches given to those who don't deserve it. And this gift of grace, this beautiful gift of grace of our future glory, the happy ending, is given to us because of what Jesus Christ has done. We can receive the gift of eternal life because of what Jesus Christ completed on the cross and what was confirmed in the resurrection. There is a cure for our sins, and when we repent and believe, God's grace, by the power of the Holy Spirit, transforms our lives. That's where another tree comes into the picture. You have the tree of life in Genesis. You have the tree of life in Revelation. And there's another tree as well. And we refer to it as the cross, made of wood from a tree. Jesus was nailed on a cross for us. He was hung on a tree for us. As St. Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, he writes, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. That tree, that cross is what brings us together. It brings the nations together, every tribe and every tongue. In the new heaven and the new earth, there will be a tree of life as we read through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit each month the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Jesus came to heal his people, to heal the nations, that every tongue would confess that Jesus is Lord. The Bible is a grand narrative of grace, grace for us, for it is by grace we have been saved through faith, and this is not from ourselves, it is the gift of God. The grand narrative of grace is why we can take comfort in Christ's words today in our gospel reading as he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. 
I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. We can take comfort because he is coming back to set the world at rights by the power of his grace. And grace not just for us, grace for us to share to the world around us. May we declare the good news of the return of Jesus Christ in this grand story of grace that is wrapped up in the revelation of John. And let us say with St. John today, come, Lord Jesus, come. Come quickly, Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.